Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now we're recording. All righty then. Hello, Vanya. Hello, Evan. Yes, we're recording. I'm loving how like the last two stories, this one, there were very few like personal details, like in-depth stuff about Gretchen. Right. And all that stuff. But I, I did learn more. that their house was located on Sunshine Drive. Right. <laughs> I yes. was like... And last week they lived in like Friendswood. Oh yeah, guys, be careful. I'm going to live on like Contour Lane just so it doesn't... We're already living there. I know. Awesome. Hi. Sorry, with that little uh, intro there, we just wanted you to hear our sound check. And I was like, you know what? People love to hear me say the word cunt. So I'm going to keep that in That's there. That's right. It is the best of words and we love it. Sorry, mom. Anyways. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom. Hi, I'm Avrin and I'm the crime. And this is Rom Crime. This is a, not a, our true crime comedy podcast that has romantic Corona Quarantinas. <laughs> you know. I like that. Corona Quarantina. Yeah, because Tina's a drug. Oh. Mm, I don't clever. even know. I don't even. I'm speculating here, but. I think Tina is slang for a drug. It is. It's I feel really for... lame right now that I can't think of what it is. Well, I think it might be meth. Some Tina. Yeah, I think it's like, remember when back in the early aughts when the. Um, gay culture was really into the methamphetamines. Oh, right. I just okay. remember, I think they coined it Tina back then. You know what's interesting? I'm just going to jump right into it. Like, jump into it. Fuck the patriarchy. But why are <laughs> all these things, you know, like hurricanes are always named after women. And I get it, like hurricane or whatever, but it's like a natural disaster. It's like, let's give that a, a woman's name. Yeah. And then why do you got to call drugs? Like It should be like Tina and Molly and Crystal. And it's like. I can't wait to have some Robert tonight. Yeah. Like, what about some David? Mm, you know what sounds good to like, me? Will you get some David before we hit the globe? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that probably exists somewhere. It's just too cool for us to understand now. Yeah. We're too old and not in the drug scene. You know what? That's a good thing, though, guys. Listen, quarantine is pushing a lot of people to the edge these days. So I know. I mean, how are you doing? Because here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not Vanya towards and I like Tina, not towards drugs. No, but Bonnie and I, obviously, we get to spend a lot of time together. and It's wonderful. Right. And so we're lucky. We, we do know, you know, how fortunate we are that we're not completely confined to just those that we live with. We have Isolation. like our small little quarantine, you know, pod going on. But I know that like you parent now you're, you know, 
daughter is back in school while your son is not in school. So you're having to deal with like helping with homeschool while keeping your other child away from her so she can do school. Oh, yeah. I just can't even imagine how how you're doing it. Well, how are you doing? Are you asking me how my quarantine quack up is going these Mm -hmm. days? Oh, well, I'm quacking up because I'll tell you what, (laughs) I'm holding on by a gash darn thread. It's, you know, I tried send texts once in a while where I'm like, help me. Help me. It's fine. You know, I'm, it's, I feel like I'm in the mode where I'm just looking at my foot, one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Um, because my son just wants to burst into the room when she's doing her thing. Right. And like, honestly, he's adorable, but like, then I need to be with her when she's doing her independent studies, which is like hours and hours of the day. Because I honestly don't know how this is but anyway it's gonna be fine because I can't focus too much on it or I start to actually get really stressed out and panic so I'm just like one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other one day at a time with all the because we live in California as many of you know there and actually anyone on the western seaboard is kind of getting you know smoked out these days which is really scary it's really Uh, scary yeah well and also I mean between yeah the fires and then you know, the extreme weather, let's just say that extreme weather, it's been unbelievably hot, yeah. like 110 degrees multiple days in a row in Los Angeles in Southern California. And then um, wildfires are burning. So the air, like today yeah. I walked outside and immediately was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Why does it smell like a campfire is happening on my balcony? Yeah. It's, and and the it's, sky there's no kumbaya, right. my Lord, thing no, happening. No, no, it was just that's how bad the air is and how yeah. much smoke there is. Yeah, we stayed inside. We've stayed inside for the last couple of days just because my son has, I don't know if he, he's a sensitive group. He's part of the sensitive groups where he has yeah, the asthma. Yeah, we have to stay inside. But you know what? I was reading because I went to this, um, oh, fuck, what is it? There's an app. It's like called Air Now. And it doesn't get the greatest reviews, but you can go on, on it, Air, like A-I-R, Now. And you can see what the air quality is wherever you live. And it gives you like the index and then tells you like what the numbers are. I don't really know what they mean. But I check it because, you know, I got a cutie patootie little. Yeah, that needs good air. Sweetie pity. Yeah, but it's it's scary. And (laughs) we went outside for a second because I was like, he's going to explode. Oh, my God. He also cut my daughter's doll's hair off today. (laughs) Her brand new one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was just lots of lots of shenanigans. So you're having a lot of fun. Coronavirus yeah. is working out great for you. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's fun. And I'm also still avoiding the news. So tell us about what you think about what going, what's going on in the world. <laughs> well, I will say, like, is if I'm going to label my, my, like, my personal coronavirus, coronavirus quack, is that what we said? Quack? Quack up. I'm quacking quack up. up. Oh, we're quacking up. I'm quacking up. Because we really like alliteration. And I will always <laughs> and true. forever stand by that. But I, I think that maybe mine has been... Uh, lately overconsumption of the news uh one i do like to be informed and i mean i watch mostly local news i try not to get too sucked into like cnn and the next thing i know it's 15 hours later and i'm just like throwing things at my television (laughs) um but you know just between like the the wildfires and the stress of that then you know trying to figure out this new like potential federal aid through unemployment that has to come from California and then it's not like working out and waiting on grants and then also just recognizing that, you know, if someone had just told us we should start wearing masks back in early February, that maybe everything would be a little bit. Right. Like um, that it was airborne. Right. That every, that all that information that came out after lockdown, I mean, I think we were being told not to wear masks in the beginning, right, by the professionals who were still trying to figure out the virus and saying things like, you know, it lives on cardboard boxes, when really that's never been the case. It yeah. lives 
in people's mouths and then they in breathe particles in and the they, air. They, it goes in the air and that's how you get it and if somebody <clears throat> knew that way back in february i don't know it just i get ragey so yeah. i'm trying to focus more on murder and um true crime for sure this is and, definitely like, way, helping. way more um less stressful stuff but yeah. yeah it's really i don't know it's weird it's it's a it's an end of days vibe that just keeps somehow building on itself like i thought when we originally started having to shelter at home that's when things felt super scary right yeah. i had no idea it was going to continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse yeah i think it's i think it's weighing on a lot of people yeah. in different ways and the, my god the way you're coping everyone you're doing great out there yes keep on being strong yeah in um, one foot in front of the other just... one day at a time and yeah. hopefully shortly we'll get some new leadership that can help us out of this. i really hope so too. i don't think that this is a quick path to normalcy no matter what happens but i think hopefully with better leadership it will be at least a smoother path i hope that too and oh. maybe wondering why we thought we'd oh, spend yeah. this much time just talking about coronavirus and its effects on us personally and on the world well that's because today we are bringing you a, a tale of murder where some smart loser <laughs> from Florida yeah. thought, ooh, quarantine, what a good cover-up for murder. Mm-hmm. Take it away, Vanya. Gretchen and David Anthony were married in 2015 in Nevada. He was a fitness instructor. I don't know what she did. I do know she was a yoga enthusiast. Ooh, so maybe she was just like, I'm just doing yoga. Well, no, she had a job. Because remember, everybody, the last time she was seen was at work. But they never do say what she does. No, nobody. Here's the thing. There's not a lot, but we got as much as we could. This is a more recent story. Yes. And I, when we were researching, I always type in some random stuff. And it always changes. But this time I was like, okay, last week we did a wife murdering her husband. So maybe I'll just be like, husband murders wife. And I was thinking we might do one of the big ones, you know, like a Lacey Peterson or something like that. But then one of the first things that came up was man uses coronavirus quarantine to cover up murder of yeah. wife and i was like i'm done so i know well they fought these two gretchen and david filed for divorce actually mm-hmm. in february 28th 2020 so right before literally like two, two weeks, and a half weeks yeah. before the before the lockdown and so let's see here now we're in march right march yep. 14th so here's the thing i haven't learned it was hard to find much about david he People, some people had said he had issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one of Gretchen's friends. Also, one of Gretchen's friends said that she felt bad because she had told her to stay away from him because he was acting erratic. Right. And then his boss also mentioned in the wake of all of this that right. he had noticed um, kind of mood swings. And then you just said fitness instructor, so now I'm thinking steroids. Maybe steroids. Well, on March 14th, an officer sees him acting suspiciously by approaching young girls approximately 15 years of age, pacing back and forth and sweating profusely. Like, the Charming. sweating part, I'm like, are you just like trying to psych yourself up to like kidnap them and kill yeah, them? Like, what, what are, you are you doing? What are you doing? Don't pace around all sweaty and creepy and gross in front of a bunch of teenage girls. Totally. So the officer tries to keep an eye on the suspect and meaning David and noticed that there, there was black electrical tape 
altering his vehicle. The, his like, the, thank you. The, or not driver's license. License plate. Thank you. License plate. <laughs> turning a six to an eight. And according to the police officer, he she questioned Anthony and was like, well, how did that happen? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, my stepdaughter, she's 12. She likes to play with tape. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe would have been fine and well if not for what he did next. Right. So basically, he started acting really nervous, and then he tries to leave. We're still in the cop land right mm-hmm. now. Then this escalates to, like, a confrontation where he... The I cops mean, are trying to get him out of the car to and, arrest him. Yeah, right? and he slams the door on a officer's arm repeatedly. Steroids. And, I know. It must be, like, raging out. I think he's roiding out. Like, what was he trying to do with the young girls, though, is what I, I want know, to know. I know, I know. Because I will kill a motherfucker. Anyways, Anthony was charged with resisting an officer with violence. No defense lawyer was ever named in the case. So, like, the guy's an idiot. So, where's Gretchen, right? Where's Gretchen right now? Gretchen is at home being like, thank God I'm divorcing this crazy guy who just yeah. um, slammed a police officer's arm in a door several times instead of just getting out of the car when he asked him to. And I also, I also feel like we might be onto something with steroids with like the sweating Is that and thing? like violent mood swings. Definitely violent mood swings. Yes. And um, just general over the top weirdness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm making all that up. I think I my know. only thing with steroids, I feel like maybe I watched an episode of Saved by the Bell or something. <laughs> was using I'm sure that was very accurate. <laughs> um, but then, so Gretchen Anthony was last seen on March 20th, 2020. And neighbors heard blood-curdling screams coming from her Jupiter home apartment that evening or the next day. It was like the middle of the, or like early morning, so still kind of middle of the night-ish, like maybe 4 a.m. or something. And she was screaming, stop it, stop it, that hurts. Yeah. That's upsetting. And, um... That all of that information kind of came out a, a, several days after the fact. So those neighbors did not, in fact, call police or anything. That's crazy. You call the police. But one of them did go outside. That's right. And, and then it stopped, right? So she was like... She, well, it stopped and she looked and she saw a black truck with the engine on, but no one was in the truck. So just because she's probably somebody who listens to true crime podcasts or maybe even has one of her own, she wrote down the license plate just to be like, oh, I'm just going to have that information handy should it be necessary, um, and goes back inside. She should have called the cops. I know, I know. But you know what? People are weird. and not. I don't mean that in like a negative way, but I think a lot of people feel... Like, what did I hear? Yeah, like, do I? did I really hear that? Was that a movie or a television show? Also, true. like... What if it was nothing and then I called the cops and they come out here and I make this whole scene with my neighbors yeah. and, you know. Well, and I'll be honest, my children scream like, it's very upsetting sounding. I'm like, you guys sound like I'm murdering you. And right. they're just playing. And what is, <clears throat> I mean, I actually run to the, to them. The, today I was like, are you okay, Calvin? He's like, yeah, Spider-Man, I'm Spider-Man. And they're like, oh, please don't scream I'm like, like that. I'm like, you know what Spider-Man doesn't do? Scream like scream that. Scream like he's <laughs> been me- being murdered. Yeah. So please stop. <laughs> so I get it, I guess. That's not one of his superpowers. No. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. So the, then, that happens. Right, that happens. no cops are called. No cops are called. And the text messages from Gretchen Anthony's phones to friends start coming in on March 23rd. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, first one was said she was being held by the Center of Disease Control because she tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, so those are like weird stuff, right? So she says, like, hi, everyone, it's Gretchen. Uh, Or, you know, I'm making that up. Uh, But she says that she has tested positive for coronavirus, but that she has like an acute case. Wait, no, that's it. That's the craziest thing is that the following day a text comes from this woman saying she had an acute case of the coronavirus and and was being transported from Jupiter Medical Center to a CDC-approved task force in Belle Glade. That later turned out 
not yeah. to exist because it that doesn't exist. Those kind of yeah, they don't take you from the hospital and put you in some weird room. A task force? Yeah, like spe- for special COVID cases. Like, I mean, or if they guys. are, God, there's so many levels to things. This isn't the movie Outbreak. I mean, everyone's isn't calling it? the fuck. I yeah. guess it is. It's like Outbreak mixed with Twister mixed with Tremors. I don't Armageddon. Know what else. Um, yeah. So, and then more come, right? Doesn't she also end up sending one that says, hey, they're going to be putting me on a ventilator. Yes. That was the last one by March 26th. Messages from her phone said she was being placed on a ventilator. But when her friends called the doctor listed in the text message, the 50 year old one patient, by the way, she was 51. Didn't ex- she wasn't a patient there. Right. The fact that the, the, the last time she'd been a patient there was in 2008. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah, so that's so so text messages were happening, and then the the family is concerned because they sound a little sketchy. Like it sounds like she's suggesting that a government agency came and took her from a hospital (laughs) and was like, "We're taking you sixty miles from home to put you in a special secret CDC task force place." To monitor your special acute case of COVID-19. <laughs> oh, by the way, before we put you on this ventilator, go ahead and send your family messages. Right, like ventilator you, so is usually you like an emergency situation yeah. where it's like, they can't breathe. We have to ventilate them. Oh, my God. This guy was an idiot. Well, So, yeah. So, the family, after talking to the doctor, right, is where's like... Where's the 12-year-old daughter? I don't know. That's never... Maybe maybe at the her past... Maybe with her dad. House. Maybe she yeah. Was, yeah, with her with her dad. Um, but so after the family calls the Jupiter Medical Center and discovers that she is in fact not, or had not been a patient there, uh, Gretchen's family notify police on March 25th and report her as missing and mention that they're concerned that her soon-to-be ex-husband. They're in the process of getting divorced. They were estranged, and, and he had become kind of strange and weird, and things weren't great there. Yeah. So they fear he may have done something to her. So police are like, okay, I guess we should go check out the house. Right. Um, and when they check out the house, that's when they also talk to the neighbors that we just told you about. They get that license plate number that that very wonderful. <clears throat> I love it, like the Snoopy neighbor that's looking <laughs> out the window, but she writes things down. Uh, they got the... License plate number, and then they go inside, right. and they find, well, evidence that this is not a missing person. Yeah. So there are there's a large, still wet bleach stain on the garage floor. There are towels that appear to be covered in blood in the washing machine. They find um, rags and a bunch of cleaning supplies out on the counter, and then blood spatter up in the. Um, master bedroom and I think like it on several other parts of the wall heading back down to the garage so they decide then to bring in a cadaver dog that has a positive indication in a corner of the garage that said that a dead body had been present in this garage so now now this This is is the first time we've ever come across a cadaver dog I know in our studies here it's not I mean I've listened to many a podcast where cadaver dogs were a big part of it mm. but those are those are usually like missing persons and it's been so long and they're like okay we're gonna bring in the, the cadaver dogs we think we have an idea on the area but if they indicate it's like it's pretty accurate wow so this is no longer a missing persons case right. this is a homicide investigation and the prime suspect is her husband david anthony that's right and so through their investigation while she might not have been a patient at the jupiter medical center her car was there. Right, with her purse sitting in the front seat. Because mm-hmm. that makes sense, guys. that's what women do. They go to hospitals and leave their purses this inside. This guy was such a 
dumbass. I'm like, if you're going to do it, do it much differently. Do it better. But obviously he was erratic and just working off of not a lot of planning, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I think yeah, it was a very impromptu. Also think about it. It's March yeah, we're 21st, in the yeah. but like we've been on lockdown for maybe a week and a half at this right. point, maybe less. And so like the panic about it was at an all-time high, right? I'm sure. And so, and also unknown. So taking advantage of people not knowing exactly what would be protocol if you were to test positive mm-hmm. for coronavirus maybe the cdc would whisk you away yeah in his brain right i guess he's like they're gonna they're gonna totally buy this shit they're gonna totally I'm buy gonna it get away with it so i guess they found some video the police found video from the porch of gretchen anthony's abacoa home showing a tall man lying in wait mm-hmm. when gretchen steps out onto the porch you hear muffled shouting and someone saying what are you doing ew <laughs> In another security video from the house, someone is seen unmoving on the floor of the garage. Next to the person is a water jug smeared with blood. And the video also shows a man reaching up to disable the security camera. Yes. And they frequently describe the man in the video footage that they find as a tall man. And David is six foot seven. That's a a tall tall man. Yeah, he's tall. They also find um, or they watch and review security footage from the parking lot at Jupiter Medical Center. That's right. And it shows her blue Mini Cooper pulling into the parking lot, but then a, a tall white male exits the driver's side and there is nobody else in the car. So he dropped yeah. her car off there. Then I wrote, fun it's fact. It's the perfect crime. I'm so <laughs> smart. Right? Then I wrote, fun fact, in, in the course of their investigation, they also find video footage from a like a pawn shop where he had been trying to sell jewelry. Right. Oh my God, I forgot about that. the store clerk that he was selling a family member's jewelry that had just recently in passed Pensacola. away. It was in Pensacola. Right. But the family member had passed away from COVID-19, is what he tells them. So they are gonna get them some David. But he is also missing. Yes, he's missing. He is not around. Um, let's see, where, where was he? Oh, he was eventually found in Las Cruces, New Mexico on March 31st. It was 10 days after he, I mean... After he... Allegedly, allegedly, I guess, murdered his wife. Gretchen. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's charged with second-degree murder and kidnapping and is being held waiting extradition in Palm Beach with no bail, right? Right, and also, just to add insult to injury, when we talk about this man's super criminal brilliance, um, the reason they can find him oh, is yes. that because in a town in Texas, both his cell phone and Gretchen's cell phone ping off of a cell tower, and that's what alerts police. So... He has her phone, y'all. The phone that has been sending the texts and the emails. Yeah. He had it the whole time. One more fact before I tell you the saddest part. On March 24th, he tells a woman who had been watching his dog, he was moving to Costa Rica, and then she, the same woman weirdly receives a text from Gretchen asking if she would feed her cats while she was in quarantine. What? What a dipshit. I mean, at least he was taking care yeah, of the animals. I mean, that's, I guess, you know what? Okay, all right. I still, you're still an asshole. But to sort of, in my mind, I think this might be the last thing that I have. Gretchen's body hasn't yet to be found. Right. It's still actually an um, ongoing investigation because they have not found her. I would be like, let's torture this motherfucker and make him talk. Because there's, I mean, every indication, that's why he's being charged with second-degree murder. Because, like, every every bit of evidence they have found suggests that this woman is dead. But they have not found her body. Right. So the difference between second and first, tell me again. I'm sorry. So I believe first degree murder is premeditated. Mm, right. Um, but there are so many like different 
things about like I, I'm sure there are other definitions of first degree murder or even levels of first degree murder um, and I guess second degree murder must mean the kind of murder where maybe you didn't go there planning to do it but you also very intentionally murdered somebody yeah. to get what you want or to rob them or whatever it is that you're doing yeah. um, so I guess we should go ahead and say what everybody says in these these cases if anybody has any information about this if you happen to live in Jupiter Florida and somehow know anything that would be useful you should contact the police there and help bring Gretchen home for her family that's right and if you think my god what an asshole for like taking a pandemic a global pandemic right at the height of the like fear and misinformation and not understanding what was going on and being really really scared that we're all just gonna like get this horrible virus and die and everyone's watching contagion and outbreak and we're all freaking out well i did i watched all of them um and you're like what a dick like why would anybody ever 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 take advantage of that kind of panic and crisis globally going on and use it as a means to cover up murder well surprise not the only guy who thought of this Mm, where's he where's the next guy from so this next (laughs) coronavirus cover-up murder story takes place in north carolina okay it's like winston salem or salem winston north carolina it's where trump's holding a rally tonight with thousands of people not wearing masks i'm just gonna masks (laughs) again so This is the story of Tony Handy, who was a mother of five and a grandmother of seven. Tony was also last seen on Friday, March 20th, leaving her job. And just in case you don't recall, that's literally the exact same date and day that Gretchen was last seen leaving her job. So not only did these guys have the same fucked up plan and idea right. I mean, was they it a, executed it on the same weekend yeah was it like a full moon or what I drives men know. crazy Jesus. I should have looked into that so Tony spoke to her daughter Gidget which I love I'm like Gidget <laughs> <laughs> sorry I don't I just like that name it's the name of the um, hyper Pomeranian in uh, a, life, a Secret Life of Pets or whatever oh yeah. isn't it like also Barbie's sister's name or something oh or? maybe but back in the olden days because or maybe it was a TV show from the olden days. Yeah. But it's her daughter's name, Gidget Dunlop. Skipper is the one Skipper. that Sorry. I... Skipper, okay. I just know, you know, I'm inundated with all of that bullshit like right now. I think Gidget was like a TV show. Yeah, it yeah. is. But it's a cute name and I like it. I do so, too. Tony spoke to her daughter, Gidget, before going to her last shift on Friday, March 20th. Told her that she would call her later that evening when she got home. But she never did. So by Sunday afternoon, March 22nd... After several attempts to reach her mother by text, phone calls, Facebook messages, um, Gidget's starting to worry. Like, it's not like her mom. They talk all the time. She didn't call her back, like she said, on Friday evening when she got home from work. But now it's all of Saturday went by, and now it's Sunday afternoon, and she still hasn't heard from her mom. It's very out of character. Then, finally, she gets a Facebook message from her mom. Only it wasn't her mom. It was her mom's boyfriend, Christopher, who uh, sent a message on Facebook to Gidget that read, Sorry, Gidget, I have your mom's phone. Mine's broken and we're fishing. Gidget responded, Okay, I just haven't heard from her. Call me when you get back to service. Christopher replied, I will have her call you when I get back to the truck. First of all, I'm like, wouldn't it be when we get back to the truck if you're fishing? Ooh, good point. Also, also why wouldn't mom... Send a message. From, yeah. yeah. If you can... Why do you have her phone... But say that you're w- you're with her fishing. Yeah. 
obviously she finds this all a little. Yeah. She's like, okay, well, call me. So when Sunday evening comes and goes without getting that phone call or even a message from her mother, Gidget's like, mm-mm, something is wrong. And she proceeds to send a slew of Facebook messages to her mom's Facebook account telling Christopher, you get my, my mom calls me now or I'm calling the police. So Monday afternoon, Christopher responds to this like flurry of messages and says in a Facebook message from Tony's account still, hey, it's me again. We went to be tested for coronavirus. Your mother tested positive initially and they came and said it was immediately locked down. She started running her mouth. Now they have her quarantined and me in holding. We had to fill out all kinds of paperwork. Again, fucking asshole. I don't believe that's how it works. Like you (laughs) test positive for coronavirus and then they grab you and quarantine you themselves personally in a space. Like they literally are are like, go home and seclude yourself in a room. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah, they don't want people in there. Unless you are sick and you need the hospital. So... This is a huge red flag for Gidget. She's like, none of this makes any sense. Already I didn't think anything was making sense. So she contacts police, explains all of this that I just explained to you, files a missing persons report, and waits. On Tuesday afternoon, so March 24th, Uh police spot Christopher Mock, that's the boyfriend of Tony, um, driving Tony's truck. When police attempt to stop him, also won't stop a car when the cops come by. Like, the parallels are insane. Um, a huge, like, car chase ensues. Like, Whoa. he won't stop. Four pedestrian vehicles, or not pedestrians, people, other people, civilian drivers. Four uh-huh. other drivers are involved in this crash. Two of them Damn. go to the hospital with minor injuries. The, eventually, the truck crashes, and then there's a big old shootout. What the hell? And Christopher Mock is taken to the hospital where he later dies from gunshot wounds from when the police shot at him because he wouldn't, I don't know, get out of his car. So at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, March 24th, police entered Tony Handy's home where they found her body. She had been fatally shot. So with Christopher Mock dying as a result of the police shootout, Tony's family were left with no answers as to why this happened. I guess they'd had an on-again, off-again relationship, but it wasn't necessarily something that, like, people weren't afraid of him before this, and mm. they didn't have any answers. They didn't know what happened, how it, how it got to that point. And then because of everything going on with the lockdown, this will be, I guess, the one difference. The, well, there's differences in both, but the primary difference is they found Tony. But because of coronavirus... They were not able to give her a proper funeral where her whole family could come together and mourn oh, for man, her. That is sad. And so that is the second. And I'm sure not the last. And probably there are more. And this all happened. It's it's I don't think it's a coincidence that these things took place literally over the same weekend. Mm-hmm. It was about a week and a half into lockdown. People were scared. That's when there was no toilet paper or cleaning oh, yeah. supplies. And Nobody knew, like, how what was going on, how long it was going to last, how long we were all going to be locked inside or not be able to have jobs or go to our jobs. And you can just see that these these two pieces of shit took advantage mm-hmm. of a, a situation that, well, at least they thought they were taking advantage of it. Both of them got caught, but took advantage of a situation that most people, ha- you know, weren't really sure about what was going on and tried to use it as a means to make it explainable that somebody was not available. 
because yeah. of quarantining. But they, to me, they both sound like sort of like, you know, 12-year-old boys that are like, you know, uh, yeah, so we went, uh, it's a task force. Mm-hmm. It's a task force. Oh, you know, she went running her mouth. That yeah, other guy. she tested positive and then was like totally yelling at them about it. So now they've locked her down in a quarantine here and I'm in holding. That makes me like, it's feel like he, something happened where she, she ran her mouth and he shot right. her. But also fuck him. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to run my mouth. I'm going to run my mouth whenever I damn well feel Guess like what? it. My mouth's running right now. It's running right We're now. Running, yeah. running our mouths. But Jesus. what this made me think about, I think, Vaughn, and we talked a little bit about how I wanted to, to bring this into it, is that, you know, we've talked a lot about, so there's like multiple pandemics going on at once, right? There is the mm-hmm. coronavirus, COVID-19, an actual global health pandemic. There is the pandemic of an unjust and systemically racist um, society, really, at its core, and police... Um, training and forces that that is you know taking the lives of so many black people mostly men but black people and mm-hmm. um you know affects uh minorities people of color and black people way in greater numbers much mm-hmm. like the coronavirus does right um and then another marginalized group of people that are suffering in extra ways during this are people who are in um violent relationships like domestic domestic violence yeah. and so i wanted to do a little bit of research because even though in the two stories that preceded this part nobody like came right out and said that these were violent mm-hmm. men in terms of like their treatment of these women while they were in their relationships but if you're estranged from someone that means like something's gone wrong Mm-hmm. Um, if you're on again, off again, it's because something isn't right in your relationship, most likely. Yeah. And so whether I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume it was we domestic violence, but it, it could have been. And then obviously any man that takes the life of his partner, any person, but anyone who takes the life of their partner, that's, that is an act of, um, intimate terrorism, you know, like an intra intimate partner violence is how psychologists refer to domestic yeah. violence. Um, so I did a little bit of research to see what, how the numbers looked um, in the era of COVID-19 and the percentage of calls to domestic violence hotlines, um, to police, and all of those things to see if there had been a noticeable spike. And there has been a noticeable spike globally, not just in the U.S. In fact, the U.S. has the least amount of data collected, but that's not shocking. Um, but in Spain... There's been an 18% rise in calls to domestic abuse emergency services. France reported a 30% spike in domestic violence nationwide. Argentina's um, calls were up 25%, while Britain's went up 20%. And um, there was a province in China, the Hubei province in China, who saw a tripling of domestic violence in the month of February alone. And that's when China was was like really on lockdown. And it was different in I think in China on lockdown, you can't leave for anything. Right, for sure. But there was a tripling of domestic violence incidents in just the month of February alone. And then there was a study um, in 14 major U.S. metropolitan areas. They didn't specify which ones. They have had an increase of about 10.2% in domestic violence calls. But that only, that's 14 cities. So that's not like where all the other numbers are nationwide. Yeah. So who knows what that number is. And so I did a little bit of research um, on 
on intimate partner violence and why something like a global pandemic that forces people to um, stay home as yeah. a safety precaution ends up being a super dangerous situation for anybody who is living in an abusive relationship. So here are the triggers or the biggest things that trigger or are components of an intimate partner they call it IPV, intimate partner violence, or a domestically abusive, or domestic, domestically abusive relationship. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm not saying it right. So isolation, lockdown, stay home. It's one of the most common tactics used by violent perpetrators of domestic abuse, like to isolate you from your friends, your family, right. your jobs, very controlling. So it's, this is happening not even on their doing, it's just happening. Right, so that's a tactic that is often used by Um, perpetrators of domestic violence and so when isolation and self-isolation and sheltering at home is mandated um it's basically like free reign for them because now they can also say because of COVID-19 it gives them the added level of being able to control you and isolate you yeah another big factor in domestic violence is stress Elevations in cortisol, which is the stress hormone, mm-hmm. have long been associated with increased aggression. I don't know about anyone else out there, but I have found the last six months to be wildly stressful. Yes. And I have a mantra right now. I just keep saying, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm cool as a cucumber. Yeah. So I don't yell at my children. Go on. Serenity now. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is um, economic anxiety. Research indicates that intimate partner violence is more likely and more severe in households that are economically distressed. So now we have a situation where people who were never economically distressed before are economically distressed. So imagine households that were already experiencing intimate partner violence and maybe we're dealing with that and then it's been compounded. And now your kids are, are at home at all times and everybody's all packed together in, you know, apartments and houses and not able to go anywhere. And then um, alcohol adds fuel, I wrote, to any fire. And since the pretty much global lockdown that came in mid-March, alcohol sales have risen 243%. I'm personally responsible for at least 3% of that. Me too, I would say (laughs) as well. Um, I go through phases where I'm like drinking too much and then I'm like, cut it back, drinking nothing. And then I'm like, oh, let's have a little. And then I'm like, I'm drinking a lot again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so um, the final um, condition that, you know, kind of creates like the, the perfect storm, if you will, for intimate partner violence is lack of resources. So in this situation of COVID-19, yeah. um, you know, Legal services have been affected by it. Um, many advocates and organizations are, are being forced still to work remotely. And on top of that, there's a chance that if you were somehow to actually get your partner arrested for, viol- for domestic violence and they were put before a judge, a judge might feel reluctant right now to put someone in jail because of the COVID crisis, because Mm. of how dangerous it is for everyone in prison. So again, you're innocent until found guilty. And so to make someone stay in jail, like to await trial is less likely to happen, which means these people get to go home. We are living in such a dangerous time right now, especially for people who are living with their abusers. So I just, just to, I guess, put it, to put it in a way that for me made me feel like, holy God, like I can read, you know, those 
things, isolation, stress, economic anxiety, alcohol, lack of resources, and that makes perfect sense. But this is the thing that really hit it home for me. Um, there was a study of a Boston hospital. In, they call um, an injury from intimate partner violence a deep injury if it's like black eye, broken bones, um, internal bleeding, damaged organs. So it has to be like a severe, not like, or maybe not a black eye then, but like something that's like a... Well, that like you could still crack your skull it, through that. Right, or cracked ribs or broken bones, anything like that. They call that a deep injury. So they did a study at a Boston hospital. In the three previous years, so that would be 2017, 2018, and 2019 combined, a total of 16 people came to this Boston hospital with a deep injury from intimate partner violence. In 2020, at the same hospital, and mind you, it is September, so 2020 is not over yet. At the same hospital, they have seen 28 people come in with deep injuries. So in three years, they saw 16. In the first half of 2020, they have seen like twice that. Dear God. And so... I just, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's something that people aren't talking about. And as restrictions are being lifted, you know, obviously I think it's a little bit easier now to maybe that lack of resources thing isn't as complicated anymore. But I mean, people are still out of work. They're still stressed. They're still drinking. Yeah. They're still isolated because we are not supposed to really socialize beyond our families. And so I just wanted to, again, anytime we talk about domestic violence, remind anyone out there who is suffering from it or knows somebody who is that there are ways to get help you can call 1-800-799-7233 or you can visit their hotline which is the hotline.org and they're they have safeguards and all kinds of ways to protect you from being detected from using those um phone numbers and websites but i just always like to make sure that that mm -hmm. information is there and we'll, we'll link that too. we sure will and well my question is and you probably don't have the maybe you have the answer but like so i call the i call the hotline then what? Like, are well, they going to come and help me because of the coronavirus? Right. Well, in theory, yes. In yeah. theory, they, I know that there are social workers working out there, and right, and, and they will home they will be and, able to tell you in your area exactly like where you can go, what shelters are open and operating. Um, yeah. If that's you know, if just walking out and leaving yourself isn't an option, so when you call those numbers and they can, they basically make sure that you are given all of the resources. I believe I've never Good. called the number, but from what I read, it's like mm -hmm. it's open twenty four hours a day, and they'll they'll give you, they'll help you in whatever way they can by lead, leading you towards resources. Yeah. We'll work on more information on maybe what to what happens when you call, because that's my kind of my thing is like you know if I'm scared to do so. You just kind of, especially during these times, it's like you're afraid to move or make a move. Right. So you just stay in your house and don't do anything. And, just and get how your... are you ever like alone to make a phone call like that? And so it is. I'm never it is, alone. It is Not that I want to make a phone call, but I'm never alone. But it's problematic. And it's, yes. I think it's just interesting that, you know, while the focus of the world is and should be obviously on this pandemic yeah. that is wreaking havoc and, and bringing death and chaos globally. Um, but that there are there are certain things that, you know, if it's not your situation that you yeah. wouldn't think about. And so since it's not our situation, this until I was researching about people using it to murder their partners, it never occurred to me that like the pressure like, cooker that we're all under. Yeah, and it's, like that if you were somebody who lived with a murderous person, you're in misery and being like tormented. How well, I'm sending my love and lighting a candle tonight for those in 
those situations. Yeah, me too. And and we will link all of the information that we um, have gathered here in ways that you can find help for yourself or for anyone you know who might find themselves in this situation because it's serious and it's something that I think should be talked about and um, yeah, advocated for. That's right. Guys, thank yeah. you so much for joining us on this coronavirus episode. Yes. We kind of haven't done a coronavirus episode. I know. Episode. I feel like I've been trying to pretend it's not happening. I think us, me as well. Um, like we were real all up in it in the beginning. Yeah. And then I was like, I can't talk about waiting for unemployment mm. anymore or losing my job again. <laughs> I know. Well, guess what we're doing next week? Vanya's Fantasy. We're covering Princess Diana's murder. And I am so excited, you guys. I don't know. Like, I know enough about her, but I can't wait to dive in and ex- yeah. and just tell like, the story. A lot I, I mean, I know the story just from being alive when it happened. I mm-hmm. think I was 14, maybe. Mm. But I mean, I really don't. I'm excited to learn more about it because I... I really don't. That's I only right. know what Princess I remember. Princess Diana was killed in a car in a car high speed car chase. Right, paparazzi with her with paparazzi. Chasing let's her. quote unquote. Right. That's what I mean. And then with her with lover, Jody Fayed, yeah, in the car. Yeah. So this is like some scandalous shit, right. and I can't wait to share it with and you. And if there are conspiracy theories. You bet we will solve the crime. Oh my God, I love it. We contact, love you guys. Hey, if anybody has any ideas on that, contact us at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Oh, and hit that, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'm just kidding. Yeah, my daughter just it. did a slime video hit on it. YouTube and she's hit like, don't button. forget to hit the subscribe button. She's seven. And like and review and rate and tell people. That's right. And but don't, we love you. We love you guys. But also just so I know, I didn't actually let her post it on YouTube. Just send it to my friends. You're okay. a good mom. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Long cry.